Welcome to Distaza Pods Q&A. Boy, I have so much to get to. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Big sale on St. Patrick's Day, Wednesday, 12 p.m. our usual time. Eastern Standard of Daylight now. Standard time. Um, before I answer your Q&As, I just want to go through an interesting post we had on Patreon, which showed off the very first peak at Radic the test shot. Now, Radic is very far from completion. Uh, it still will be a couple months before he's stateside. So it's going to be a while, but we're seeing some positive movement. And I wanted to go through, there's some questions about this Radic prototype that some of the patrons had. So let me do my best to answer those and share some of the, uh, the uh, funny comments and questions. I don't want to spoil anything here. Uh, Sebastian asks, are we going to see his accessories? Congrats on it finally getting here. Um, eventually. I'm not going to release what he includes just yet. I want to maintain a little bit of mystery. There are some surprises still left. Um, uh, Sophie Goose said, Faden's going to get some swole arms. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. Um... Matthew Paquette asks if there's going to be a John Matrix Commando homage. Um, I mean, I'd like to get to that eventually. I don't have it chambered currently. Uh, Can't wait to add this beefcake to my collection, says Gabriel Berrigan. Very good comment. Uh, Gavin Raider says, does Radek's neck and partial chest pop out, or is that glued in? Congrats. It's good to see your creation in the test phase. Uh, no, he. it is a separate piece, but it is very firmly glued in there. Um, the neck and chest cavity are a separate piece to maintain the sort of detail line, between the separation of his shirt. So uh, they made the smart decision to sort of split that up and make that a separate piece, but it is not removable. Um, I haven't sort of heated it and tried to pop it out, uh, but it does not remove without a lot of stress and I would not recommend removing it because you might uh, break him. Lee Malik asks, looks fan- it says, looks fantastic Jesse, will he still come with his secondary head of tank? Um, that's the plan currently Lee, so stay tuned to see more of that. If you're curious about what all the hubbub is and why these people are so amped up, you should definitely consider joining us on Patreon. We are inching closer to the next goal which will unlock the next Design a Night competition. Uh, for those who don't know, together, all of us patrons came up with the Hyper Vice, which is available to purchase only by patrons and is a very well-received figure, probably one of my favorites. So moving on, I have a Q&A thread up on Patreon, and this is what my esteemed patrons asked. Sean Clark, is there a reason the capsules have all been made in translucent slash clear plastic? Is that a production reason or an artistic choice? Um, it's a little bit of both. I, I think the the primary uh, concern with the capsules is it is a supplementary item, right? This is an accessory. This is not our core item and our core corner, you know, the cornerstone of our business. Selling four-inch action figures is what my business is. So any item that's an accessory to that or on the periphery can't cost more than a four-inch action figure. It can't cost more than my core business. So it has to be affordable. It has to be an add-on item. 
It has to be something that can be added to a cart, but that somebody is not going to choose it over a standard action figure, if that makes sense. So because of that, in order to keep the price low, uh, I have avoided any painted styles, uh, paying for any spray masks. I keep them very careful, uh, you know, very sort of basic. The other part is, you know, I've always been highly inspired by translucent plastics. A lot of Microman sarcophagus are, you know, good cultural touchstone to this. And I just like these items in one color as they are. Now, eventually I will get to doing painted styles once, um, you know, I feel like these have run their course and they're needing for a sort of refreshing update. So that is in the future going to happen, but for the time being, I, I love seeing them plain. Um, I couldn't tell you when we'll switch up, but uh, maybe by the end of this year, you could see your first painted one. James Davis asks, if you had to choose, would you rather be an amazing artist or writer? Um, a writer, absolutely. I think that, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to be an amazing artist. You know, I think that, uh, I can get a basic idea communicated through my artwork. I'm continuing to work at improving, um, you know, my, my drawn form. Uh, I appreciate you guys sort of taking this journey with me. I do not claim to sort of be a uh, graphic artist or a comic artist or a cartoonist of any expertise or skill level. I am I am truly, um, you know, at the very early stages of my visual artwork. Um, that being said, I think that, you know, I can always learn to draw better I think that the instincts that come with good writing, I, I kind of think there's a little piece of that that is intrinsic to the human condition, uh, meaning that, uh, you know, it, I don't want to say people are born being good writers, but I think that it's a it's a accumulation of life experience and lessons, and and a you know a good education in in you know primary school. Um, that sort of enable people to be great writers. Uh, I consider myself very lucky in the respect that I grew up in Connecticut and went to a, you know, a uh, elementary and a grade and a high school that were pretty damn good. You know, having gone out into the world and interacted with a lot of other people from a lot of different places, I found that uh, I had taken for granted the education I received in, in particularly in sort of English and in writing and things like that. Um, cause it, it is comparatively better than to what I think a lot of people, uh, got in their public school system. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, I would consider myself a much better writer than I am an artist. And, um, I don't know that, you know, I think with writing like you, you can definitely improve. There's no question. There are definitely courses or books or YouTube tutorials that you can take to become a better writer. But I think that there is a a, a life quotient to this. It is it is about experience. It's about your connection to emotions, 
your understanding of the grand scale of history. Like all these things come together when you're writing. And um, I find that it's, there's just something elusive and ethereal about the qualities that make a good writer. Laurie Herbis asks, will we ever see a black material girl for Saima? Um, I have to think about this. I, I believe so. Uh, I don't think in this production cycle. But uh, yeah, you know, black is a very popular base color for plastic. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before I have a Saima that is sort of... Uh, based on that color, and then therefore we would get a material girl of that style. Justin Doak asks, have you ever considered back ports for any of the figures, for wings or backpacks and such? I mean, I'm sure you have, but are there any characters that you think might use something like that in the future, or any extra ports? Um, also, you talk about your second assembly line before, a roll of swappable pieces just waiting to become new canon characters sounds like such a neat creative exercise. I was wondering if we could see a small black and white shot of that assembly line. I don't want any spoilers. I just want to see the scope of it or just a description. Uh, so, Justin, if you go back to... Um, actually, if you go to the Action Figure of the Month March story, at the end of that story, the Grasshopper Knight... Uh, sorry, um, Construction Bug Man. Can't even keep him straight at this point. Uh, if you go to the bottom of that page, there are a couple images of said second assembly line it is less impressive than it sort of sounds it's just kind of plastic bins of parts separated and some things are blurred out to prevent spoilers and things like that so um you can check that out now uh that story is on the store or if you go to the patreon post called the story so far um there's a, like a recap of all the short stories and that can direct you to it Regarding your first question about backports for any figures, uh, so we were actually looking at a backport for Cybermama for her alternate sort of uh, mechanized torso. There is actually a small little circle design on her backpack if you look. That was intended originally to be a um, Glyos port, but as you can see, there is not a ton of real estate because it is such a smaller torso. And the female part of that port would have dug into the port where the shoulder snaps in. So uh, you can't have that, that that will literally break a toy. So uh, we had to move away from it in that design. Um, Hackerman does have a port on the back, or at least he is planned to. Whether or not that is executed as I wish will be something to be explored in the near future. But um, I'm not opposed to it. It just hasn't sort of worked out so far. Um, it is something I would like to see more of, but if it's a human character, uh, you know, it makes less sense to me. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Hopefully we get to that soon. Paul Wire has some great questions here. Uh, are there creatures native to the vector? Also, if Saima's appearance can be downloaded and changed at will, what are the implications of race and gender when you meet someone in the Vector? So to answer your first question first, um, I, I think it's feasible that there are creatures that live in the Vector. We have not discovered any of them. Uh, we know the Choriger lives in the Vector, so it is 
capable of sustaining life in some aspect. As we've seen from our own world, we're discovering more and more species who live in adverse climates that we once thought were uninhabitable. You have, uh, you know, creatures that live around the sulfuric uh, vents in the ocean where there's no light. Uh, They have recently discovered, um, I believe they're paramecium, I could be completely wrong there, but organisms that don't even use oxygen. Um, So we're, you know, our definition of life is rapidly expanding as scientific progress uh, also sort of uh, grows and expands. So I, I think it's reasonable, but I can say that there's been no definitive encounters of that nature in the world of Knights of the Slice thus far. Regarding your question about race and gender and appearances in the vector, uh, it is very much um, the skepticism we should hold when we're interacting with people on the current internet. You do not know. You can make assumptions about gender or race based on people's photos or appearance on these platforms, but you should reserve some skepticism because you ultimately do not know. You cannot ascertain who is who, or what they are, what they're into, what they look like. Um, You know, you could make the argument, we do not know who or what Cybermama is in her native form. Um, We know explicitly that Radic's native form is 100% a mystery. So these are very interesting questions that I think um, reflect the times we find ourselves in. And this is an area I intend to explore quite a bit uh, when it comes to this next sort of vector chapter for us all. Okay, Lance has a question that I missed last time. So I'm going to read you this paragraph here. I'm still catching up with the Distazapods, but I listened to the Distazapod 116. In that, you recount buying your first Sigma-6 G.I. Joe in Hawaii in 2006 after being flown out there by a toy distributor that was based out of Hawaii. I was curious to hear who this is. I've lived here all my life, and I never heard of a big distributor based out of Honolulu. Also in your story, you said you bought it at the mall closest to you because you probably stayed in Waikiki. Uh... Was it Ala Mona Shopping Center? Moana Shopping Center. I'm curious to see what store you bought him from because the mall has a massive overhaul two years ago. So uh, it's a tourist overload with high-end stores. I can't even think of a store where you could buy something like that. There's only a Long's Drug Store attached to the lower level. And maybe, maybe you could find a three-year-old Star Wars four-inch figure there. It's crazy to me to think that you bought an action figure in Ala Moana. P.S. Long's is our division of CVS, same store, only named differently there. I'm always interested in in hearing uh, different store names of popular chains regionally. I think that's kind of a fascinating thing. Um, So I have no idea what the the mall was. Um, I don't know that I was staying in Waikiki. It, it, It seems to make sense, but I really have no recollection um i want to say that the store was a kb toy store if kb were still around in 2006 which i i think they were um so i i'm afraid i don't have much more information than that i know if it helps there was also a mcdonald's at the mall and i was shocked and alight and delighted to see that uh pineapple was a side dish at mcdonald's in 
uh, Hawaii, and that um, the pineapple you guys have is very white and very sweet and delicious and much less acidic than, uh, you know, the pineapple I've had in my life. So I was very thrilled about that. As far as the distributor, um, I, I don't know if they're still in Hawaii or not. I don't know how active they are under that name. I think that they have since um, spun off into a different company, but it was AFX. Uh, they were uh, sort of a, a larger distributor back around, you know, the early aughts. Um, I believe they moved more into manufacturing than distributing these days. But um, that part of the mystery I, I can sort of illuminate for you. Lance also asks, did you catch and ban the t-shirt Bandit? Is Redbubble able to release that info to you? Um, I don't want to talk about the Redbubble situation because there may still be sort of actions to take. And uh, I just have no comment. Then finally, Lance asks, since we're practically the same age, puka shell necklaces. Did you ever wear any when they were big briefly in the early 2000s? Also, any Janko jeans? I actually never did because I was a nerd and not cool enough, but I wish even now in 2020 that I had been brave enough. Um, I Let's see here. So I did not have Janko jeans, but Josh Guerra really had those big, big, embarrassing Janko jeans. So if you guys ever see him in public, make sure you ask him about these. Um, I, I might have had Janko jeans, but they were just sort of regular jeans or slight bell bottoms. They were not the big uh, pants tents that we all know from that horrible era. Uh, I did not wear any puka necklaces, but I did have like, I would spend custody summers in Florida. So I did have some tropical accoutrements that I tried to pull off with limited success. I also liked um, like leather bracelets. I thought those were cool and they were not cool. But um, look, here's the big secret, Lance. None of us were ever that cool, and all of us are nerds, and it's quite a ride. Brent Lawson has a good question. The sticker packs that were briefly for sale were awesome. Can we see more sticker packs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, how about an option for a sticker with every order, like a dollar or two? Maybe this could be an option at checkout. Some orders have included random stickers in the past, and it's a really cool surprise. Um, I, I wish I could do more of this. I wish I could offer more options and add-ons and things like that. The reality is, as it has been for a couple months, it's just me doing everything. So any addition to the complicated checkout process already is very hard for me to do. But I'm with you on this. I like getting stickers. I like getting. I like adding on bonuses when I'm checking out. It would be great to sort of have the bandwidth to contemplate those things and figure out a method for doing that. Um, there will be more sticker packs coming soon. Part of the reason that sticker packs are sort of sold out and it takes a while to get back is that I literally sit down with a dozen or so different stickers and put them together and put them in a bag. So part of the, uh, the reason why it's not a common occurrence is it it's simply it requires labor and you know it's me doing all this stuff so um i will keep restocking them as i am able to um i think people will have the ability to buy the sticker sheet that was just a patreon gift maybe i'll get that up in time for the saint patrick's day store sale we'll see because that's a really fantastic one i think you guys would agree clifford Uchita 
Will there be any more color variations of those cloth jumpsuits for sale soon? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe I have one more color, but I got to pair it with the correct character before I can sell it. So I think obviously before the end of the year, yeah, you'll, you'll have access to that. And uh, I'm excited for this next one. Quentin Russo asks, any word on the civilian or Doom Trooper you illustrated? Is that still a thing? So I wasn't quite clear on what uh, illustration he was talking about. And he clarified, uh, maybe I'm wrong with the name. He was similar to a kick-ass comic character with battle damage. The other, I'm pretty sure, was a drawing of a character similar to a Doom Marine. I thought with the game coming out soon, you might be working on something. Uh, I'm not working on anything for Doom. I can easily confirm that. I, I don't know that uh, anyone is outside of McFarlane or, you know, the usual people. Although I would love to tackle that one day. Um, the kick-ass character. So at some point, boy, it must have been last year, I was noodling around with this idea of just like a, not far off from, you know, like a Sentai villain or something, just a, a guy with a very plain helmet, or sorry, cloth mask, not unlike Kick-Ass or the Shocker villains from Kamen Rider, who was just kind of a street brawler and had uh, more articulation. And this was just a throwaway sort of thought process of, if I was going to do a super articulated body, what would it be like? And I was kind of edging towards this slim humanoid type body with boots and a glove and, and you know, kind of keeping it a blank slate that could be applied to a lot of different stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're very far away from doing a hyper-articulated body, so it's not something that's on the front burner or that I, I don't think I've touched since then. Gordon McKinnon Hall, by the way, Gordon, thank you for your mailing. It just arrived today. Can't wait to dig into it. Uh, listening to your top 10 action figure to Stazapod and then receiving the new Earthrise Optimus Prime in the mail this week made me wonder whether you collect multiple iterations of certain characters in your collection. I tend to find myself getting fixated on characters and then seeking out their various interpretations. How do you try and create interesting versions of an existing character design or archetype when going through your own design process? These are fascinating questions. So um, I don't think I collect consciously multiple iterations of the same character. I don't really, I, I don't know that I love any character so much that I need to have every version of it. What I tend to do is when I get an updated version of that character, I tend to sell the older versions. Um, I, yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that I feel like I need to have every variety of. Um, you know, I guess, you know, we all have different ways of sort of collecting these things. Um, so that for me is, is probably a no, with the exception of, I guess, Knights of the Slice. I keep <laughs> somehow collecting all the variations of that same character. As far as how do I create interesting versions of the same character and the archetype. Um, you know, I think it it comes from personality, right? Color scheme is, is a great way to differentiate when you're utilizing the same mold over and over again. But really, personality, I think, is the thing that separates sameness. And 
I convey personality through short stories, through art, through dystazopods. You know, I, I don't know that we would be at this number of iterations of the same molds without the storytelling element. In fact, I'm pretty damn sure uh, without the storytelling, this business would have dried up a long time ago. So, um, you know, I think if you dig into personality and, and how other writers form personality around their characters, I think that's a very easy way and a very fruitful way to have distinction between the same iteration every time. Alexander Quatz has some catch-up questions here. Is Rex Gannon trapped in the Rift Killer armor after fighting Teal? Uh, no, he can put it on and take it off at will. I do not believe he's put the lime armor back on since he got his ass handed to him wearing it. Um, what's the current team lineup for Knights of the Slice, not including allies? Would it be Rex, Royal Ninja, Brick? Having a group morph sequence and going out to fight the villain of the week. Um, so yeah, the, the current lineup... Let me think about this. <laughs> Um, so Rex would still be the de facto leader of Knights of the Slice, although he is not, um, he doesn't want to be the permanent leader of Knights of the Slice, and I don't blame him. Um, uh, Brick is still the second in charge, but is raising a young child, so he would be playing more of a support role. Think of, like, Q in the James Bond films. He's the guy on the other end of the earpiece giving instructions and helping with, uh, you know, tactical, situational awareness and things like that. Royal Ninja at this point is definitely, you know, likely third in command. I think that makes sense. He's been around a um, pretty long time. Uh, Vice Knight is also pretty close there. I think actually Vice Knight would be earlier than... Royal Knight, or is that the same wave? God, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even distinguish at this point. So, um, you know, we definitely got Vice, and we got Royal Knight, and then we have Vice Hyper, who's defected and sort of joined Knights of the Slice. Um, so I think that that is sort of our core team, and then you have kind of the Deseret guys hanging out in Sub City. They're, uh, you know, they're still there. They're doing their job. So um, that's kind of like. The core reporting team. I guess you could argue Rebel, Hyper Rebel is still alive and well, although his companions have not fared so well. So I think that gives you, you know, a, a basic idea of uh, what that sort of upper echelon of knights. Then there's, of course, all these satellite pizza locations with their own distinct knights for that region, um, but we don't see or hear much of them. Gavin Raider asks, will Radic be in production soon? What's the part number uh, breakdown of the tool? So I'm not going to disclose the part number at this point. Uh, that would betray one last final surprise and secret I have with the Radic figure. So uh, I'm going to respectfully decline to comment. Regarding the production plan, so um, as I said in my Radic Dystazopod, which... Um, was posted to Patreon on Thursday. Um, there are tweaks that need to be done to this first shot. That's going to take some time. And then there is a small initial order, which I will use for um, 
action figure of the month, likely in May. I don't think it's going to happen in April. So, you know, if I had to guess, I think Radic would will be here maybe in the next six weeks. Um, that is assuming there's not another outbreak and things continue to improve in China. Uh, you know, it's still a very hairy situation over there, although they are slowly starting to make some progress. GLC asks, are you planning to sell the material gal Cyber Mamas again at any point, or did they get used up in your every part of the Buffalo efforts? What is the future of material boys and girls in general? So in general, I'm still going to make and offer material boys and girls. I think they will first be introduced to patrons as the Patreon gift. So if you're a patron, you're in good standing. Um, the last sort of offering of Cyber Mama Material Girls have been threshed. They've been placed in the thresher. They've been separated. Their parts are now in my parts archive. That means they will be utilized for Frankenslice characters. They will indeed uh, be part of that every part of the Buffalo strategy. And they may make their way into certain uh, Lucky Bags and Frankenslices in the future. So... They are, they've been atomized, they are one with the universe, and um, you're going to have to hang in there if you want to track down those parts. Now over to Facebook for a couple quick questions. Jason Decker, any thoughts of doing a Bloodborne homage or Hunter-esque looking figure? Hearing Mega Merge may be over is sad, as those were my gateway into the Glass compatible figure world. Well, Jason, we're glad we found you found us through Mega Merge. Um, I, you know, I can't say for certain Mega Merge is done, but I haven't seen a ton of movement uh, from my vantage point. Although I don't work with Just Toys anymore, so I can't really say. I hope it does continue on. As far as uh, Bloodborne Hunter-esque looking figures, um. Uh, I mean, it's high on my list. It's something I'd like to see. But um, it wouldn't be Bloodborne homage. It would have to be something deeper than that. So uh, stay tuned. Maybe there'll be some news. Mark Goldberg, yellow or orange Rift Killers? Question mark. Asking for a friend. Uh, yes to one of those. But I will not say which one. Jason Miller, what does the rest of Max Hedrum's body look like? It is a writhing pile of snakes obviously mark goldberg has another question camo soft goods question mark um sort of is my answer and stay tuned soon to see why i mean sort of gabriel berrigan i know i'm beating a dead horse here but what about doing another run of gold bags with heads of you nikki and some of the others that haven't gone into production i know time is a factor uh, to get these guys involved to cast them but what about 3D printing them? This way we can get Jack and Bobby in the mix. Uh, this is a very appealing idea to me, but there is so much day-to-day -day work ahead of that just to keep the wheels on this bus that um, I, I can't see myself being able to get to it anytime soon. Um, the I think we're, we've pretty much run through our resin heads. Um, you know, I... It's, it's tough. It's tough to dedicate the extra amount of time and labor that goes into making those, even if it's 3D printed, because 
Even 3D printing, which eliminates a lot of the traditional molding and casting of resin heads, there's still a lot of cleaning, there's a lot of touch-up, there's, you have to, you know, do the acetate bath, you have to do the UV bath, there's a lot of extra things that almost make it just as difficult as traditional resin casting. So, uh, it's something I'd love to do, I, I just, I can't see it happening in the near future, unfortunately. Lance asks, favorite 80s WWF wrestler? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Dusty Rhodes. I don't know, because he's blue collar. Gabe comes back again for another question. If I could go back in time, what one toy would I grab and bring back with me? Um, you know, I, I feel like I've tracked down pretty much every toy I've wanted uh, from my childhood. But I do have a distinct memory of going to Child's World when that was still open and seeing... Um, the Amanamon Power of the Force figure, the headhunter creature from Jabba's Palace. Um, at this point, this must have been 85, so there wasn't a ton going on with Star Wars. I was kind of over my Star Wars figures, and this was the first new one I had seen in a very long time, and it came with a coin. I was transfixed. I was so into this. And um, there was not any other Power of the Force figures there, if I recall correctly. It was just this one figure in a complete desert. So I picked it up and I was carrying it around Child's World. Um, you know, I had selected that as my, my loot. And then my younger sister came up and she had a bucket of knockoff Play-Doh, not even real Play-Doh brand, but some clay. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I want to buy into that instead of getting this. And so I put the headhunter down and sort of agreed to share this clay with my sister. Arguably one of the dumbest moves of my entire life. That figure is worth a lot of money now. Uh, the clay, I assure you, dried up moments later and was probably thrown out. And, um, you know, I'm an idiot. So I would probably go back in time and I would not kill Hitler or prevent any other tragedies from happening, I would stop myself from putting that Power of the Force figure down and uh, jumping on the clay bandwagon. 